So here's my challenge, because I saw a lot of you saying you you should start keto in the comments, or you have started keto. Weigh yourself today. Go keto or carnivore, one of those things, between now and SRF, and tell us how much you lost. It is, what is it, August 10th. Self-Reliance Festival is October 1st. How many pounds can you shed just by changing your diet? If you don't know how to do that, check out Dr. Ken Berry's web, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he'll talk to you about the proper human diet. He has all sorts of videos on how to go there. But that's my challenge. How much weight can we lose between now and Self-Reliance Festival? Because I'll tell you what, I got a fitness guy there who's going to take us the next step. Now, how can we get strong? Self-Reliance isn't just about, you know, about having food stored if you can't walk from here to the end of your driveway and back without getting out of breath it's time to work on that too okay michael wants to know john do you know instructor z in nashville no i have no idea who that is i don't know who that is either so you know what i'm gonna come out here and be absolutely honest about this so john kicked my ass last time about tiktok i anyway i did keto for a long time and lost a lot of weight and I have been completely off the fucking wagon for a few months now. And I feel like shit. And I know I'm doing it. And I, I can do absolutely anything I put my mind to. But since you're making that challenge, I'll take you up on it. And we'll Let's see where do it. I, I have I gained some weight again this year, too. So that's why I'm throwing it out there. And I'm always... Anyway, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just fucking lazy when it comes to food. And I did... I felt so good on keto. And I'm just off the wagon. So everybody knows. Everybody can struggle with certain things. And that's always been my fucking struggle. So... I'm going to stick with it, Nicole, and I'll I'll make it public so you know. I ate a half cool. a carton of ice cream for dinner last night. I know you did. You said it on your live stream, and I actually yeah. was listening to your live stream. Yeah. Did you have any negative effects from that on the other end? Uh, it, I, you, it slows me down the next day for yeah. sure, right? I, I, drink, I drink a margarita um, in a cup about this much tequila, right? The rest of it is sugar-free soda. Yeah. Um, but you need to look at alcohol as though it's poison. You are literally poisoning yourself every time you use it. Mentally, I perform much better the next day with zero alcohol the night before. If I have two drinks, for instance, on Friday night, if I drink twice, I sleep much deeper and have better sleep, but I sleep way longer. I'm not getting up at 4.30 on yeah. Saturday morning, right? I'm much better. My performance and my money is better without the alcohol. I am much more restless, though, and I sleep a lot less without the alcohol also. Like, I'll go to bed at 12 o'clock, but I'm definitely going to look at the clock at 2, and I'm going to look at the clock at 3, and I'm going to get up at 3.30. So I can do that for a while, um, three weeks, maybe a month, on three to four hours of sleep. But really where I am just kind of a happy medium of both is – when I drink each night, I mean, just, it's just the sleep thing. I mean, I can take chemicals or, um, different stuff, uh, sleep aids, but even then I don't, I don't sleep. It's just not there. Yep. Okay. So who in the comments, let me know why or N, are you going to join me on the keto challenge? Let's get more people doing it. Even if you're not coming to SRF, you can totally report back. If you've been to Self-Reliance Festival, we have a Telegram group now, by the way. Check your emails this week because we're sending an email to everybody whose email we have who's been to one that will have the invitation for that. We even we even got Mr. Willis on there. He's, he's said two things. Yeah, I saw that. I was quite impressed. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to stay there. It, it's just too fucking it, – it's like all my notifications. I know that when I have notifications yeah. through my phone – it's typically social media that I'm going to react to. 
and I get a thousand times more notifications off of that group. I've only been on one day than everything else, and none of it's actionable to me. Just tur I turn them off and then just check yeah, it. I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to look at that. I've got a. I honestly about eighty five percent of the Telegram groups I am are snoozed anyway. You know, I've yeah. got about three that I'm in all the time, and other than that, but I yeah, notifications off and then just pop in. You can. You can turn notifications off, and the only thing that'll come up is if somebody tags your name in something. That's kind of helpful, too. Perfect. Um, Michael, I don't know who that is. I do know some fifth group guys, though, that run some training companies and have some YouTube channels and stuff, but I don't think they're, like, in Nashville proper. I think they're more kind of towards Clarksville. Yeah, and I will say this, Tim. The key to success for me staying keto is getting ahead of the meals. So at yep. lunch today... I know what's for dinner on Sunday. I took all, you know, like all the meat out I was going to cook for the week from the freezer and I have something in place and then having snacks worked out because if you're going to have a snack and you have something easy to grab, that's keto, like a pre-cooked hamburger patty is a really easy one. And that yeah. may sound gross to somebody to eat cold, but if you like have garlic salt and, salt and yeah. stuff on it, it's, it's delicious. Um, if you have that stuff nailed, I find it a lot easier to stay than if I'm like, it's six o'clock. What am I cooking for dinner? That's okay. The story now, now I want to eat at six fifteen. Like, what can I get done? So for me, it's like taking a little time on Sunday to think about the week, so I don't just completely go off the rails. Because you know, if I'm left to my own devices, there's going to be Chinese takeout in the mix. Yep. That's and there's not, no excuses. You know. that, that's exactly us too, Nicole. And when I, when I pull things out in the morning and have it ready and when I'm strict keto one meal a day, I eat supper and that's it. And I'm full. And then when you're not, I'm fucking yeah. snacking all the time. And, uh, that's about what I lost too, Brian. He said 123 pounds down. Yeah. But 110, I was down at the, at the best. So it, yeah. It, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm in hundred percent. All right. Again. We've got a couple people in the chat in. Some are not coming to SRF, but they're just going to report back anyway. So that that works for me. You know what? I'll okay. stand up when I give my presentation and I will tell you the amount that I've lost between now and then. And awesome. I if, and if it's zero, I will tell you it's fucking zero. And if I gain five, I'll tell you. No, it won't be, but I'm just telling you. I will. So hold me to it. Okay. I'll do the same. I will do the same. I like having motivation. Next topic, freeze drying. So when does your freeze dryer come? About a month, I believe. I think are you going to are you going to try to do the sell candy to pay for it thing or what are you going to do there or just maybe, using it for preservation? Yeah, no, I I would love to. I don't have I don't have the time to do that. I know I could, but for me honestly it's uh, about meat, putting meat up for long term. I know not everybody's big into the long term, but I I want to have, you know, I have the short term taken care of. You know, we normally have enough meat and food on hand for a year anyway. So I want to have cuz I just it's so goddamn expensive to buy long-term stored proteins up here. So that's, that's my next plan. And I, that's how I plan on paying for it is figuring out how much it costs me and then subtracting it from whatever it costs me for a number 10 can or whatever of that. And I'm going to start putting it away. I might even buy one of the, we got talking about those canners and now I'm kind of thinking I wouldn't mind having a canner. I know that's kind of weird. Not everybody's into them, but I, I like weird things. I think I'm kind of looking forward to it. Get you a Presto canner. Oh, sorry. I'm um, sorry. I have oh, yeah. number ten canner. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm using the wrong term. I'm sorry. You know, like one of those that, that'll yeah. seal up the cans. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, Amer all American. 
Yeah, I will check that out. Because, yeah, I love pressure canning. I've done that for years. Always enjoyed it. But I, this is the next step for us. Oh, sure. Um, the real Tim Cook at gmail.com. Every time I try to email you, it does not want to bring up. Because I type Tim and it does not bring you up. I have to type the. I should change <laughs> Like, that. what's the weird word I have to I have to type for Tim? I don't know why. That's There's probably a way for me to program that in there. That's because the fake Tim Cook runs Apple computers, so that's why I'm the real Tim Cook. That's where that yeah. came from. But yeah, got it. Yeah, there's a lot of people freeze drying protein. Like Erin says, she's got uh, processed chicken in the Instapot to freeze dry. Um, somebody actually approached me about if I was still renting access to my freeze dryer because if I'm not using it, I've never actually rented it to anybody. And and I said, well, why? Because right now, um, it's. I don't have my freeze dryer in an air conditioned space. It's been too hot outside to run it. And so right now what I'm doing is I'm freezing things for when it's cooler out or for when I finish the prepper pantry and I have it in an air conditioned space. Um, and, and he told me what he wants is ground beef. He wants about 30 pounds of ground beef that he can take with him for long-term storage because he's kind of a nomadic lifestyle and so if you're driving from place to place to place, having the freeze-dried beef is great if you're looking to also have stability of storage. So um, so I'm going to do that for him. And I was just like, what I need you to do is pre-cook it, you know, rinse it, get it frozen, no more, no thicker than three quarters of an inch and have that ready to go. And then I'll let you know when you can start bringing it here and we'll just start running it through the freeze dryer and then we're good to go. But I think, I think it's actually a way that... A lot of people talk about freeze drying candy and making the money back. You totally can't because people will buy that stuff like it's crack because it is basically crack. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but the other thing is that you could rent access to your freeze dryer if you're not using it all the time. And, you know, you say that on Facebook and all the Karens come out of the woodwork telling you why you're going to kill somebody and food laws and blah, blah, blah. 20 bucks, you can run a batch through my freeze dryer. And it has to be prepared. And I'll even pull it out for you because you don't know exactly when it's going to be done. And where I live, it's kind of a long drive. But you got to bring it pre-frozen or bring it ready to pre-freeze and do the prep work. And then 20 bucks, I'll do it. Like how many times do you have to do that before you pay it off? A number, but you can just start chipping away at it in your downtime. Yeah, I was going to say that's a good question. I didn't know. I wonder, Nicole, do you know? What? Anybody? Uh, freeze dries better whole or muscle whole muscle or ground i don't know i that would be an amanda question probably well i mean whole muscle chicken breast is whole muscle we yeah. freeze dried a bunch of whole chicken breasts but they don't fit in cans or bags as well um we want to i want to cook everything that we freeze dry um because we're putting it away more for in case i have a we have a chef that preps most of our meals um so we eat fresh all the time so we don't really use a lot of freeze dried. So if we're going to freeze dry stuff, it's going to be cooked with the thought that fuel will be an issue in the future if we need that stuff. And the way I foresee using most of that stuff is putting it in soups or stews um, with everything we can get, right? If we're eating that stuff, every scrap left on the plate will go into the next meal also. Um, but it freeze dried cut up, I think it, it freeze dries a little bit faster than whole chicken breast, right? I think we've done some steaks too. But for the most part, if we are running the machine, we're running candy, which is highly profitable. Um, or we are running um, 
cooked cubed chicken or hamburger, and it's all seasoned with taco seasoning. Ooh. So if you, have, if you have eyeballs and you're already shipping merchandise, Tim, like we're shipping, we do 120 shirts every Monday, right? So we're going to ship on Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to ship 120 t-shirts. In that box, I can fit a one pound bag of gummy bears or freeze dried Skittles, right? So that's right. a $10, that's a $10 extra upcharge for a dude that's already paying shipping on the box. It's a win-win like that. They're either going to buy two shirts or they're going to buy that candy. It always, it always happens. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, for the record, about three quarters of the comments that I've been posting on YouTube aren't coming through or not showing up. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I'm not ignoring people who have said things, but yeah, that, if Jason, well, what we are streaming to two channels at once, I think that's what's going on, but anyway, and, yeah. Yeah. So it may be going, I've, that's why I've been trying to highlight your comments. So people, oh, it's see. fine. I just, yeah, I yeah. mean, I finally figured out how to post on this platform without looking like John, but then it doesn't go to his channel. So I can actually just post as me and then highlight my comment. So, well, after so, Jack kept talking about stirring comments, I finally figured out how to do that. <laughs> Mark, Mark says uh, rotisserie chickens from Sam's, uh, less than five bucks a chicken. I bought, I think I bought 10. I had a video a couple months ago, 10 from Walmart. And weird that the normal rotisserie chicken at Walmart costs $2 more than the lemon pepper chickens did. But I broke them all down and we freeze dried them. And they taste just like uh, the rotisserie chicken does when it hits your tongue, except it sucks all the moisture out of you. <laughs> You're making like chicken chips. But you can rehydrate them. We've rehydrated yeah. those. We've rehydrated several kinds of chicken and cooked it in with eggs. We've also used uh, freeze dried eggs and fed them to our employees. And not a single one of them said, "Hey, what's up with these eggs?" Nobody had it. They didn't know. Yeah, they don't. If you do the freeze dried eggs right, they don't know. I did that at my workshop, not as a manipulation, but just because we ran out of fresh eggs and we got into the freeze dried eggs. And they ended up mixing it, I think, 50-50. But people were like, really? Those are freeze-dried eggs today? I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I might as well use the bounty from here to feed people here, right? Yeah. Yep. So um, I the reason I don't know full muscle versus ground meat is I have, I have freeze-dried zero just meat. Yeah. I've always, when I make a stew, which is a lot, because when you're eating keto, one of the things you can do is make a stew without any flour in it or any carbs in it and it's actually delicious and it's easy to cook when i have leftovers or a chili i'll put those in and then i have a ready to go meal for the road because for me it's really nice to have a few bags of something i can eat in case i'm somewhere where there's nothing that i should eat and and so having it all spiced and ready to go and i just pour a little water in that is perfect so I haven't done just solo meat stuff. I've always, I mean, mostly I do milk and eggs. That's, that's the most of what goes through my freeze dryer. Cause that's what I have the surplus of and this year. I did broccoli though. That's, that's something that was surprising. Like I scored the rest of the crop of broccoli this year and I freeze dried it without any salt or anything on it. And I tasted it and I became instantly aware that I should have put like salt and garlic or salt and hot pepper on it because yeah. it's a really, it's like a chip. But it's broccoli, so it's not a chip. And I was like, oh, that would make really good robe food. But if you freeze dry broccoli, your entire house is going to smell like farts. <laughs> you freeze dry shrimp or you freeze dry any fish, your entire house is going to smell like fish. I, and I mean like for a week. You're going to smell it every day when you come home, even after the fact. 
we freeze dried um, we freeze dried a bunch of cans, big cans of uh, shredded chicken, right? Like canned chicken. The entire building smelled like tuna fish for almost a week and a half. After the fact, it was bagged up. Everything was put away. Everything was cleaned. We ran multiple loads of other stuff. The entire building smelled like tuna fish when we ran chicken, canned chicken. Oh, man. So my freeze dryer is not in my house, so I don't know this, these things. Yeah. That's important to know. I'll, I'll add that to my freeze dryer class. <laughs> That's a great idea for the Sam's Club slash Costco chickens. I wouldn't even yeah. thought of that. We Honestly, you know, we have little Chihuahua dogs. We feed them almost exclusively rotisserie chicken because it's cheap and healthy for them, and they love it. You know, I'll yep. pick up five or six of them, bring them home. We debone them, put them in a bag in the fridge, and spoon it out, you know, put it on a plate for them, and they love it. And that's what's that? Sorry, cleanup's easy. Oh, I, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, and, and by, by the time you travel with a rotisserie chicken and get home, it's already cooled off. Walmart, yeah. Walmart's 15 minutes from the building to Walmart, so she'll bring rotisserie chickens home. I'll take six of them and just break them down and eat probably half of it while I'm doing it, put them in a bowl. And then it just goes in the refrigerator. So we typically, for two or three days, have rotisserie chicken. And then when I'm hungry, I'll just eat a bunch of rotisserie chicken or, uh, you know, with an apple or with some pepperoni or something. I eat that pretty frequently. Um, easier than the rotisserie chickens to feed dogs, but you probably wouldn't do it because you have indoor animals. Um, we feed our dogs rabbits, whole entire rabbits. But the cleanup, you would have blood everywhere, whereas we don't have that issue. Yeah. Um, Raw chicken, you can buy raw whole chickens, and your dogs can eat the chicken bone. They will chew the bone right. up, chew the marrow up, but then again, cleanup is an issue. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure everybody knows this, but just talking about this, I uh, I fed a dog, one of my dogs, um, some meat out of a slow cooker one time that had a bone in it. I ended up killing my dog. So <laughs> just a, yeah, I felt like a bag of shit. It all got it all, you know, it got in her guts and. Yeah. Anyway, so just remember that I, I always share that story as often as I can, because I wasn't thinking about it. It was a slow cooked roast, put it down and she ended up gnawing on the uh, and it was a chihuahua again, of course. Right. But she gnawed on the bone, got a bunch of it in there and it all got bound up in her guts. And yeah. So PSA for people out there who slow cook things. Yeah. the So once bones are cooked, dog digestive systems can't help. can't do it unless you pressure cook them till they're much Nothing. yeah exactly. basically so if you're if you slow cook or something and you want to feed it to your animal it has a bone i would pressure cook it and make it into mush at yeah, that raw point bones, raw bones are fine cooked or not because they splinter right when you hear about yeah. shards and stuff that doesn't happen with raw uncooked bone that's cool yeah yeah i just share my mistakes so people know because it's one of those things yeah. like yeah yeah so this one's i thought chicken bones were bad for animals it's okay. only if they're cooked Yep, and and great. those are more splintery than beef ones, but yeah, I I actually had my dog at the vet this week, first thing in the morning yesterday, because she was I gave her a piece of fish skin, and she immediately started coughing. We're like, shit, there was a fish bone in there, oh. right? And two days later, she was still coughing. So I brought her in at eight in the morning. I'm like, hey, I don't have my car for the day, but I'm dropping this dog because I think she has a bone stuck in her throat, and in like eventually that's going to swell up or something. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do. And they're like, well, can you leave her here all day? I'm like, sure. And, they, and then the doctor, the doctor comes out. He's like, I'll see her right now. If you can wait. And I'm like, I can wait. 
she had an upper respiratory infection. There was no bone, but I was just like, man, fish bones. Those can just like, uh, so yeah, bones in dogs. Not good. Not good. Raw bones are okay though. As you've said like nine times. Okay. I got a question here. Starred. How do you guys approach business goals? Example, budgeting, growth and sales and marketing plans. I'm an HVAC. I always like to hear how others approach their business practice. I spend all my money until my bank account is negative and I'm super motivated the next day to make some money. And, and I know you think that I say that as a joke, but there's no, probably no. half a dozen. No, times I 100% believe you. Like, like if you see me hustling, it's because I want something, right? If you yep. see a bunch of new product, you see a bunch of new social media. When I don't post on social media, it's $3,000 less in sales. If I make no social media posts of gear, I make $3,000 less that day. If I make a post the next day, there is always an additional three to $5,000 of gear. So it is very important that I do that. If you see a lot of movement and a lot of, man, John's hustling, you know that I just bought something that I couldn't afford or should not have bought. And I don't, <laughs> because I'm terrible about saving for things because I, I impulse a lot of things. Hmm. Um, I do too. I don't, I'm terrible about saving towards something because by the time I have it, I'm like, oh, this car is $200,000 that I want. And then if I have $200,000, I'm like, I'm not going to buy that fucking car. I'm going to buy another piece of property. So I just do it and commit to it and overextend it. And it's burn the boats. And a lot of people always have problems with that. And I think a lot of population and society can't or won't do that because they know they are not, they're weak. They will not do that. Right. When I do something absolutely insane, I am always going to have to have the solution and hustle and make the money to compensate. And every time I do that, there's momentum on the backside and we make a lot more money than we had because when I'm comfortable, I am complacent. And if you ever, if I am comfortable, I am very, I'm a very, very lazy person just naturally. So I, get it. <laughs> I have to commit to crazy shit. My guys ask pretty frequently, like, why are we doing this this way? <laughs> Like we have a tractor. Why are we out here with shovels? I said, because we're doing this this way. Because if you manage to stick around and be here in five years and you're telling the story, this is the way I want the story told. Because I'm the one paying the bill and I'm the one creating the story. And this is how we're going to do it. Now, when it's yours, you can do that. But if you want eyeballs and you want people to be interested, then you have to do shit in that manner. And it all equals money. And it allows me to do all the shit and allows me to do all the shit for my people and my people to do the things that they do because of the way we operate in that manner. I get the most motivated when I'm doing something new. That's just the way my brain works. It's why I always, if you follow me, you'll see I'm always doing something fucking new because that is what lights a fire under my ass. And when I was on the show the first time with you guys, I was in Daytona Beach and we were talking about it. And that hit me and stuck with me, John, about the burning the bridges and burning the boats, because I always tell people not to do that. I say, you know, build up a nice, comfortable year or six months, whatever it happens to be, have that, you know, but that's not what I did. You know, I fucking walked away from a job with no income coming in and had to make it work. And you're right. I hate to tell people that, but God damn, that seems to be the way to get motivated is, you know. Do you know why you do that? Because I do the same thing too. People are like, what would you give me business advice, right? Because the guy asking that, he's not going to be able to do it. 
because if he was able to do it, he would already be doing it. And yeah. we don't want we don't want his wife coming back and going, hey, That's you right. told my guy to quit his job and sell all his shit and light his boss's job desk on fire. <laughs> Go make it. And he did. And then he was so worried about it. He sat home for three more months and now he's committed suicide. We don't want that on us. Right. People that can do that are typically going to do that. They've You're already done it. Yep. I think the only person I know who who successfully transitioned from one job methodically into the next by saving up and doing all the right things is Jack Spierko. That's literally his story. He worked two jobs and transitioned out of the day job and into his podcast. But the day job he had was also very entrepreneurial to begin with. Yes. I and yep. Yeah, and I, I, I used to give the advice to do that. And if you are the kind of person who can do that, you should do that. But when well, I think about my own story, it was the same thing. It was like, fuck, I got to sink or swim, and I guess I better swim now. But with that said, Jack's story is not exactly that either. Jack went to them and said, hey, I am leaving. And they said, please give me another six months. And he did. And at six yeah. months, they said, please, please give me another six months. Jack was ready to go a year earlier. Right. But he spent a year getting ready to go before yeah, that. I, mean, I, I, worked, I worked five jobs. I worked multiple jobs starting until I finally had taken so much time off for gun shows and stuff, they fired me. When they <laughs> fired me, I all of a sudden had to take my hobby business and actually pay bills with it. You know what happened? I made, I made three times that much. In a if you included all of the income from everything, when they fired me, I made three times more that month. I can say this. So uh, I, before we started today, I was telling Tim, I, my um, cash flow advisor, I have a friend who's been working with me on making more money because I want to make more money. And he broke my balls over a budget for about an hour last night on the phone like going over after the fact, something like how much money did you make? Why didn't you make much more money next time you do this? How do you make more money? And uh, what I realized, and this is sort of how I approach things. I tend to be very project based and I map out some of the communications in advance for marketing. And I have an idea of what the message is because that's my background. But the way I prioritize business development is I look retroactively at like what went well, what didn't go well financially. Also be like, did I lose money on that? Did I make money on that? And the things I've made money on, I ask why and how can I make more? Right. That's, that's where I, where I've gotten to in the last few years is just like, okay, this barely broke even and it took a lot of time. How do we make that make more money next time? What add-ons could like his like John's candy? Like how do we add the 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 Nicole sauce version of John's bag of candy to the same ship bag so that there's more income per sale or more income per project? And that's really helped me this year. And that guy just he calls me every so often, every few months, and he will he will like literally say, you know, this event or this part of your coffee business and he'll start just hammering me with questions. And I've now learned I have to have a spreadsheet for everything so I can look at it when he calls me and I can answer that question. It's been really good for me. Is that John? No. Okay. I'm not so, going to say who it is because he's not anybody we know, but well, he's somebody you're going to meet. I will tell you when you meet him. He's really like what he does best is make money. Sometimes you just need a guy removed. To look yeah. at stuff. I'm in a mastermind group. It costs $300 a week to be in that group. I, we do one hour. 
He does a live video and you can type just like we're typing here on the side, right? I gain something that makes me thousands of dollars every time I sit my ass right here at this table for one hour and listen to him talk, right? We know mm -hmm. each other. I want access to him. I want more access to these people. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole in this thing. My, my buddy runs a heat and air business. He comes in here yesterday. I'm like, what are your membership levels on your YouTube channel? He's like, I have five. It's $500 to be on level five. Okay, what do we get for $500? He's like, you get 24-hour access to me. You have my phone number. You can call me. And it's more for like heat and air technicians, right? Samsung pays this kid a shit ton of money to drive in and do seminars on how to install new product. They don't even have new product. Like they're 50 to 60 months out on any commercial units right now. He's like, I have a request for quote. I have 40 quotes a day requesting new property projects. All these guys are selling these properties in New York, coming by in 100 acres, and they're building 9,000 square foot houses. Nobody can get AC units. He's like, I'm not even bidding those jobs. We are troubleshooting and making equipment continue to run when we can't get parts for it. That's the industry right now. Okay, so 500 bucks, his people have access to him about 18 hours a day. Hey, hey, I got this problem. Here it is. Can you look at this? What should I do, right? That's worth a bunch of texts, giving him $500 a week or a month to have access to him. Level four, what do you get for level four? What does that cost? You have tons of people buying mini split units right now. Everybody feels that contractors are robbing them and putting them in. A mini split unit, depending on how many heads and the size and everything, you know, 700,000 bucks, but guys are getting charged $2,000. I understand that because you want it done today. The price is three grand. I understand that. But a lot of homeowners are putting in mini splits. So he has a program where you buy access to him and he will walk you through while you do your install. Any questions you have in that 24 hour period, you have access to him. What's that worth? $100, 200 bucks. There's always a way to make money. You just need somebody to like, we bounce ideas off. And every time I talk to one of these guys, I'm like, holy shit, we should be doing exactly what I'm telling him to do. We should be doing also on our YouTube. Yeah, I think it's it, every time I have taken like been sort of growing, growing, growing and then step change, like where it just goes up. There has been somebody I talked to or somebody who without me asking the mentor me has mentored me. I've been mentored by so many people and all I had to do was hear what they were saying and do something with it. Yep, and I yeah. think the thing that gets in people's ways is they don't hear they're like, well, that's different than what I'm doing now, so it's wrong, or I can't. They, they, I can't themselves out of doing it. And if you just hear, and then start taking a step, and then take a second step, it's amazing what what you can change. And I don't see. I mean, I think it's just a lifelong journey. We we talk to people, and they're like, here's a really simple idea that you never thought of, and you're like, damn, I wish I would have thought of that ten years ago. And then you go do it, and everything is easier because of it, or better. And it's action. And when you start having that revenue come in, you're able to quit and free up a lot of other time, right? Well, I don't know if I want to take this task on because I'm already working 16 hours. I don't know if I want to work 18. If you can push through and work 18 hours for a few weeks or months and get that in place, you'll be amazed at all the minuscule bullshit you can stop doing or you can hire. Like, like having a guy that cooks is enormous. Like when, when Josh came here, he's like, I'm going to be your chef. I'm like, I don't know if I can afford this guy. The money we paid him, and we paid him way more than he even asked for after, after being here a month or two, saved so much money being able to go in the kitchen 
and having a selection, right? I eat, I was eating seven times a day, getting ready for a bodybuilding show. And Josh like prepped every, I was eating five meals that were fish, but they don't taste like fish, right? He's a, he's a master chef. So just to have a dude for that, for instance, right, to remove that from you and have those meals prepped and we'd go out to dinner and he'd go because he wanted to see what I was ordering. He wanted to see what I enjoyed, what I didn't like. And to have that guy or have somebody that does that, even when from from the, the tall view, you're like, I can't afford two grand, you know, or three grand or whatever. And then when he starts shopping, right, he starts going and shopping and going. He went to five butcher shops in Nashville every week. He went to three, uh, you know, uh, Oriental, not Oriental, but uh, uh, other grocery stores and stuff. So to have that dude, even with the big price tag that was kind of a shock at first, holy shit, you, your body changed rapidly, your enjoyment changed, and it really was not expensive when you were able to cut all that other stuff away and not have, and especially travel time when you would go eat or prep time when you would make those meals. Like when I hired him, I'm like, I don't have a full-time job for a chef. That dude worked 14 hours a day here. Like it was a full-time, time-and-a-half job. Yeah, I want to highlight something here if I can find it. There we go. As the Crow Fies Homestead quit nice. drinking. Um, and and that's so do you know why how many people's debt stories I hear? Like I took control of my life and got out of debt, and where they start is they stopped drinking alcohol and buying alcohol. And that money savings changed and their energy changed. And that combination of two things really helped them. Uh, take control. So good, good on both of you for, uh, for doing that. Awesome. Yep. Fortress, Fort, go ahead, Tim. Oh, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Fortress will be here. He's bringing a, a bigger setup than last time. He'll be here a couple days earlier. If you want to see these dogs that literally are like getting smacked by a missile, you want to see them climb, climb ladders. You want to see them walk tight ropes. You want to see what the capability of these animals is. He will be here and he will be doing a much longer larger demonstration than yeah. the last event it's well worth coming to see these animals yeah so hopefully we'll get him on a live before self-reliance festival to talk a little bit more about what he has planned but he's bringing part of his team here he's going to be all set up and we're going to he's going to do a great i think he may be doing demos on and off through the whole thing we have some time set aside for for fortress canine to do the demos where there is not something also on the big stage just so people because you know we always have simultaneous things going on but where he's going to be is kind of near the big stage so we wanted to make sure there there wouldn't be like crossover and that because i know last time his presentation was awesome and everybody's yeah. like yeah but we want to see the dogs work and so um, this time we're going to see the dogs work one of the even cooler things for the guys that were there when it actually happened we were all sitting around bullshitting inside with drac who does all the 3d printing stuff and he was like, hey, I need this thing to fit this thing. And my guy started pulling it apart, right? We wanted to push to talk to where we could calm. So the dogs wear hearing protection and the dogs wear yeah. goggles and they wear a head uh, like a helmet, right? This whole, it's, a, it's badass. But we couldn't make it work. So Drac took it apart, took some a board, control board out of a, one of the Surefire flashlights. Now all of a sudden this thing exists, right? So how do we put this together? And it happened right there. Whereas, hey, call me, call me. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. You guys are both here. Let's fucking do this right now. And, <laughs> and it happened. Like it, it's done. It exists now. 
I think that's that's what I always talk about, like the power of being in person. If you put doers in person and you do something, things happen. Yeah. If you just talk about doing it, like we'll have a call next week. Mm. Yeah, we're not. I don't have meetings. Like I'm not, and I'm <laughs> definitely not going to have a meeting to have a meeting. That's why I don't talk on the phone because yeah. you can tell me what the fuck you want in one sentence, and I can either ignore you or pass it to the other three people that'll make it happen. I don't understand. Let's have a meeting to have a meeting and have a call to plan. Like it's, it's hard for you notice. I don't ever sit down when I do these videos. If I sit down, I fall asleep. <laughs> that would make an interesting video for everybody. John Willis falling asleep on live camera. Yeah. I, I don't sit for very long. Yeah. Cool. As far as making the, uh, making space, you're, you're talking about, you know, um, freeing up to do other things for, for us in my business, the more I focused on the things that made the most money yeah. and for the least amount of time, I started feeling lazy at first because I was making more money working less. So that's when I started launching my content creation and I, I was able to fill in all that dead space with something that kind of got my brain going and for anybody interested, I mean, not to talk too long about it, but it takes a while to build a content creation platform that actually makes you money so and you need to be committed to it for a year or two before you even start you know but yeah so i, I made a thousand dollars from youtube and amazon last month and i was fucking proud of that but that was all because i freed up enough time in my other business by making enough money from the things that took the least amount of time if that makes sense yep yep I love this comment by Life Done Free. I used to think it was money management, then it was time management. I now Perfect. focus on energy management. Yep. Oh, I like that. Yeah. When you when you break things down that you're doing to dollars per minute, yeah, it's a very different view, right? Everybody thinks they've made it when they made a million dollars. A million dollars isn't shit anymore. Like dudes are like, hey, what should I do with 10 grand? What should I invest in? You should invest in you. You should learn some skills that will make you more money. If you want to make a million dollars, you need to know how much money you need to make every day to make a million dollars. And then you need to break that down into hours. And then all the dumb shit you do through the day, like sitting for 40 minutes on the toilet with this thing. How much money did you just lose out of that million dollars while you were 17 minutes on the toilet looking at fucking TikTok, right? And when that's in your head, you view things very differently, very differently. That's yep. what I did my first couple of years. I figured out how much I needed to make every single day so that I could break six figures. And I think yep. it took me two years to do it, but I got there. And yep. you just, you do, and you, you have it in mind. And then, like I said, we invested in other businesses and yeah, it, it compounds after a while. And then it's, and then it's access, right? You need 1000 true fans, followers, customers, clients, whatever we want to call them, but it has to be real, right? There has to be yeah. true value there. So once you have 1000, will they give you $5, right? $5,000 a month is more than most people in the United States have ever made in their life. So how can you scale that to $5 per week, right? How much more value to get $20,000 a week, right? And then you have, you know, you have affiliate links and you have all these other things, but it all starts with an audience. And how do you get eyeballs? You have to do things that people are interested in. Whatever that is, they will come as long as you create content that's, you know, not bullshit. So many people want to short circuit that right there. They want to go, if you go on TikTok and you see all these, how to make a million dollars with affiliate sales. All they want you to do uh, is do the fucking affiliate sales, but you, you need, and not just, you need an audience, but it needs to be a community. And 
you, you need to give to those people because you want to, not because you want to make money off them. You yeah, want to build a community around it. And when you do that, then the support will come. Everybody wants to short circuit it, jump past it all, sell to some non-existent fucking audience that doesn't exist because I spent $300 on a masterclass course once that told me to sell affiliate links and do an online course, but you got no eyeballs to sell it to. And half the masterclasses, oh. you know, you, you show up and it's, hey, do a masterclass, right? It's just fucking yeah. multi-level marketing. It's a fucking pyramid scheme. It is, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then access, right? How much, how much value, when you talk to a guy that is in a different business but a successful business, it's, it's having that guy not involved in your shit looking at your shit. You yeah. have access to them, right? How, what value would that be to be able to have a 30-minute phone call or a 30-minute video conference with a person that is not here where all the eyes are, right? Where you can have true unhindered communication and you can say whatever you want without worrying about being demonetized or throttled back or whatever, right? So to have that access. So once you have the eyeballs and you have the content and you have the audience, then to have that that next level, right? They will they will monetize that. They will pay you for that time. It's about access. And your time's worth it too for people, yeah. you know, it is. And you need to know, well, people need so, to know that. And I I a lot of time, you know, I I I always I don't know, I call myself a drive-by encourager. I always try to whenever I talk to somebody, find out what they're doing and encourage the hell out of them. And when people reach out to me and say how do I start a content creation? How do I start a handyman? Well, I will take the time to email them back and send them a nice response. And Once. if they, yes, exactly. And if they take action on that, fucking right, I'll help them again. But if they don't, I, I, I can't, I'm sorry. You know, there's enough people that want, a, you know, a, to find out what they should do next. But so many people ask, that's why I create a lot of these videos because so many people ask, how do I do this? And I'm like, here's the video. And if they come back and they want more, and they've done something with it, you know, then go for it. Like I, I talk about Brian from the Lots Project. You know, we first started talking about putting the, sorry, he started talking about putting together the Fireside Freedom. And yeah. you get that a lot. You know, I probably had two dozen people come to me around that same time saying, I want to build this. I want to build that. Well, fucking Brian's put his money where his mouth is. And he's put out five fucking podcasts every day of the, you know, well, one podcast every day of the week, five days a week for the last solid year. And he's building, he's building a brand and he's building content and it's awesome. But for every Brian, there's 20 people who email you and say, how do I do this? And that's the end of their response. I know, Lot, I know the lots project online and I communicate with them. Amanda until last night, I didn't know that I actually stood for hours and talked to him and his wife yeah. at the expo, right? Bald girl unicycle. I'm like, holy shit. Totally. Know who <laughs> is. I follow the St. Bernard dog. Instagram. Yeah. And now she's been doing this earthing thing for 30 days where she's walked barefoot for the entire 30 days. Right. But yeah. I didn't put that together that I actually knew them until 10 o'clock last night. That's funny. Yeah. It happens and people don't, there's another thing for consistent branding across social media, because I'll talk to somebody in one platform and they're like, you know, it'll be so-and-so's name. And then later on I'll meet them and we'll be talking again. And they're like, Oh, I'm like, just, have you seen? No, they're good at that, but I'm just that's one reason that a lot of times people fall through the cracks. Yeah, I don't know why guys use different names all across all these platforms too. Like it's just it's ridiculous. Um, my buddy Bob, I don't I think it was online or through maybe phone call with Tag, 
from Life Done Free. I think they talked for an hour or something. He's like, Bob got back to me afterwards. He's like, holy shit, this is the most actionable things. Like this has put us so much further forward than all of the other stuff combined by just communicating and, and getting in touch with TAG. I think we should do a panel at Self-Reliance Festival about starting your content business or growing your content business because we have so many people there who have done that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down in a heartbeat. Love yeah, because I will do one on prepping, but we have room for another one. So sure. I say we maybe more than one because that's that's something everybody asks about. And the, and the hard truth is if you're starting your content business this week, next month, it is not probably paying your bills. So some rare person can, can do that with a lot of investment or a I'm, lot of luck, but next month it's not paying your bills. The prep homestead, homestead space is so focused on the world's ending, the world's ending. What should we buy? Because we're never going to be able to have it again. If you truly believe that start something that will make you money and then make a lot more money, it will make all that other shit easier. If it's, if it's accumulating Number 10 cans. I got 50 of them in front of me here. Augustine Farm, number 10 can. If it's accumulating cans and you make an extra $5,000 this week or tomorrow, you can buy all those cans, right? If that's what you're looking at. But it, it all comes through how do I do the job from the homestead, right? Start posting shit. How do I start a YouTube channel? You just fucking start making videos. They don't have to be good. <laughs> just make the videos, keep them private, send the links to a few random people and see what they say. Build content everywhere. And that and then you're gonna with if you can do that bullshit for 15 minutes a day for a few months, you're gonna get to a thousand fast if you say things that people want to hear. Or yeah, and the, the production quality helps, and having thumbnails helps, and all of the things we talk about will help. Consistency, though, is the most important thing. Okay, well, with that, with that said, I have 700,000 people on my Facebook page. I never did any of that shit until maybe two years ago. Yeah. Consistency, personality, and your message. Those are the three, you know, get it out there. If it's something somebody clicks with and they like your personality, they're going to come back way more, way quicker than they are because I have a ring, a TikTok ring light sitting right here that took the shine off my bald head. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, and- but you're gonna you start, and nobody's gonna watch your shit when you start. That's just the nature of it. And then improve one thing every week, just a little bit, and you're gonna you can't not get better at it. it but well, it's a slog. Tapping into the community is helpful too around oh, you. Big time. Like you're the master of this. You're like, I'm gonna get this person on and talk to that person, and that brings eyeballs to everybody because we pass eyeballs back and forth at that point. If you want to go viral. Take the shit that you want to say that you think you're not allowed to say. Hey, Gordon. When, <laughs> when you start saying those things, people will like them and people will dislike them and they will share them for both reasons. And Which then the guys that like you, they will come and find out what you actually do and how to do business with you. So this is Fred. He's what is it? It's a Q-Shaw squash, 21.4 pounds. How long will that store? It'll store till April in cold storage, you know, like in my root cellar. But I picked that yesterday on live video. I actually dropped it because it was heavier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Do you have an actual root cellar? I use my prepper pantry as a root cellar, which is half underground. So awesome. that stays in air conditioning until October and then goes into the root cellar. But yeah, 
it's uh, that, but I did a little stupid seven minute video picking that thing. <laughs> and that <laughs> I've got more comments on that stupid little seven minute video than like things that are much more well thought out. I was just like, well, I have to prove that I really grow food. So we're going to go pick a squash, you know, that was it. That was That's the video. That's why I love TikTok is it lets you, I, I do other random shit on there that I don't do on my YouTube channel. Because that's one thing about YouTube is to an extent, they I almost want to say they penalize you or it sets you back when you kind of step out of what your channel's been built on. So yep. you kind of have, you know, I, I know that's not the case for everybody, but I'm a tool review channel. So if I put up a video about, I, I don't know, like wood stoves or, or cooking something on a wood stove, they're not going to push the video, but I can do it on, you know, my shorts and I can talk about it on my podcast and I can put it on TikTok, And that gives me that creative outlet for all that other stuff too. Yeah. So our videos, when we put them up on YouTube are automatically partially monetized. They have a yellow dollar sign instead of a green one. Yep. And when we look at the analytics over the last 90 days, our video view that had 10,000 views on it was fully monetized. And then all the others were yellow and they only have 100, 200, 300, 1,000 views on them. I can dispute that and review it, and I have won every single review I've ever put up. Me too. But it takes 10 days to do it, and it's already out of the algorithm push. So whatever you were going to say that was relative, it's already out of the feed. They're not going to put it back in the propagation. It's never going to happen. And then when they do that partial monetization bullshit, they still make your viewers watch all the ads. You just don't get any of the click-through on them. Yep. 100%. Ugh. That's I don't why money. I like Fountain FM. I don't make my money on YouTube. Yeah. I make my money from people that watch YouTube. Yeah. Now, I got to say, when you're building something up front, the quickest way to make money to motivate you to move it off the platforms is through those platforms, whether it's through YouTube ads, Amazon affiliate. That's what got, how do you want to, that's what wet my lips, you know, that, that, kept me motivated because you know i made five dollars in my first year doing it but it was the first five dollars i ever fucking made and then the next year i started making more money but you know it, it depends on how much of the game you want to play but it's really good to get you motivated to develop your own system your own way of making money At yeah my pri primary ways of making money are not through any of the ads or any of those affiliate links that's just yeah. extra absolutely but it is and one of the quickest ways to start making money to at least get you going. That's what I found so far. Yeah. The reason I haven't, cause I can see how I could make more money on YouTube ads, for example, now that I'm monetized. But if I concentrate on that, then I'm not concentrating on why people listen to me. Right. And I'm not going to let YouTube tell me what to say or what to do or how to do it. For that's, me, that's, that's why where I started I got my through. podcast because that gives me that outlet you know, it's still live stream, but I don't, you know, I don't run ads while it's running. It's just, it's there. And if something ever happens, I can always branch it off into its own channel because that that's why I, I need that outlet. I need that place for me, you know, because, you know, I, for whatever reason, a tool review video is not the place to wax eloquent about anarchy and government. You know, you can find that out from me by listening to me and hopefully it'll bring you over to my podcast and all the other stuff. But you know, those tour review videos are there because I like to talk about DeWalt and I like to drive people to affiliate sales and people respect my opinion on what I think about tools. I think we need an cool. epic rap battle between you and John Willis, DeWalt versus Milwaukee. The, the tool companies won't send you product to review either. 
and they won't give you affiliate links. Like you're not going to get a Lowe's affiliate link if you're talking about collapse of society. Exactly, John. Affiliate yep. link. Home Depot has an affiliate link. Tractor Supply does. Yep. And that's, that's kind that's of the, yep. And it's, that's a hard line to figure out what you do with it. You know what I mean? It can be two separate businesses. And that's, I guess that's kind of where I'm trying to head with it is to have my outlet here, my outlet there. And if, you know what, if it catches up to me or whatever, it, I'll deal with it then. When you do so the, the uh, when you do the tool reviews and you do a, a, rev a review, for instance, on uh, DeWalt. Yep. Do you use Milwaukee's hashtags? No. You think I should? Yes. Okay. Like I, I don't own a Jeep truck. I don't care that people have them. But every time we do one, I use the Toyota hashtags and the Jeep hashtags and dudes show up and fight, right? It, it's oh, quiet. sure. That yeah, makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely. John's the master of getting dudes to fight with each other in his comments. No, guys are just pussies and inherently want to say some shit. And when you have a loyal following, but see the difference between those dudes is if you snatched up a hundred of those guys online, and they all woke, you drugged them and they all woke up in the same room like Saw, none of them would know what they have in common. If you if you snatched up 100 of my customers and we all woke up, 75% of us would recognize one of other, another because we actually know each other. And when you do, you don't have to fight that fight, which might get you unmonetized. The people with no financial interest <laughs> will fight that fight for you because they are loyal, because they you have done right. They know you. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I guess that's what it is to be a personality. Put ourselves out there. But I think know. it's beyond a personality if you actually know one another, if you have years yeah. of history. I think it's even beyond that. It's not it's it's not that they can't come and see you or come to an event or actually, you know, become friends or do business with you. Whereas on the other side, it's just some dude rather than just slip in, you know, scrolling past or hitting block. They want to say some some negative shit. A lot of people want to say some negative shit. Instead of because the negative shit's easy and yeah. the positive shit leads to action and they don't mm -hmm. want to act. TikTok's the, horrible for the that. The best man. advice John Willis ever gave me, he doesn't know this, <laughs> was a text message on Facebook where I asked him his opinion about a business decision I was making. And he said, why do you care about my opinion? You should just make your decision, Nicole. Do it or don't do it. Do it. I was, was like, it? he's right. Was that the coffee thing? It, I, it was something coffee related. I think I was trying to figure out how to scale. I think it was the Kickstarter, which you launched going after 15,000 and closed at 30,000. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. I was so, pr I was so it was, proud of It was the that. best. I, he was like, he's right. It's my fucking business. I'm responsible. I just need to make the decision and go. And stop asking people, like stop wasting time asking opinions. That was also my buy the beans year. Yep. Still haven't made that t-shirt, but yeah. People are addicted to drama and junk. Yep. If it bleeds, it leads. Sure it does. Sure, yeah. I just yeah. try to stay away from the shit. I really do. I don't have, I uh, whatever, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just That's why. So I've been reading this new, like the inflation increasing act and, you know, I'm interested in it because I want to know what its impact on my taxes is going to be personally, right? And regulatorily speaking, how is it going to hit the shipping industry and some other things that matter to me? So I started reading the text of it. And the reporting on it is completely like, 
it's all yeah. drama over here and all drama over there. And I'm reading the bill and I'm like, it doesn't say either of those two things. So yeah, the drama is not helpful. And the reporting on what's going on is also completely fucked. I, I did that with, you know, how everybody was so worried about the rolling blackouts and how we were going to yeah. overextend. So I just went and found the report and I read it and I did a podcast episode on it and it wasn't, you know, it was, was it great? No, it wasn't, but it was a hell of a lot better than what everybody was picturing. Cause all they could see was that one graphic where the whole center of the United States was red because we were going to completely exceed our capacity. And was it a possibility? Sure. But it's a report that's put out every single year, but this year it was grabbed and people ran with it. And I just, uh, it's fun yeah. and it sells. It's fun and it sells. Right. Yeah. So, so if you see, Oh my God, my state's going to have rolling blackouts and I'm not going to have power half the time. Probably nice to have a big generator system. Probably be nice to have some portables. Probably nice to have some solar generators that are quiet, right? But most people can't afford that. You know how you could afford that? You could start your business and you could scale <laughs> and not have to worry about any of that shit anymore. And then while you're amassing those things, you could build a media content company around those. And when you get a little bigger, those companies will give you all that shit to do reviews on them. And before you know it, you won't have to work that job that you don't really like working anymore. But it all requires action. I just, I am now starting a second review on Fridays for the stuff that companies have now sent me. That That's become an issue, you know, and it's stuff, companies that I respect, that I like, products that I've bought and recommended for the last while. So I'm pretty excited about that. And yeah. so, yeah, it happens. It absolutely does. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so Darren from Hacks for the Homesteader told me this weekend, if you don't put that money in your pocket, someone else will. Sounded like something John would say. <laughs> I, do, I do say that. There's free money <laughs> fucking everywhere. People are too lazy to go get it. Yep. GB, you going to be at the festival? You should be at the festival. Self-Alliance Festival is going to be awesome. I haven't even rolled out all the speakers yet, you guys. You should keep your eyes out because we're rolling out a few every few days now. So, Hey, John, have you ever done product testing videos? Like, So I pick when, when, when your wallet come in the mail, the first thing I thought is I think I could fucking tow a truck with it. And so I was, I was thinking, you know what I'd love to do is hang like a 20-pound weight off it and see if it held. Because I've never had a wallet that held like that. You know what I mean? Have you ever done shit like that? So we took two of our belts at Camp Pendleton and we towed a Humvee. We hooked it to a Humvee and a oh. five. -ton. And then we hooked the five ton to a five ton and we towed the five ton. Nice. Right? Years later, we duplicated that. We did the same thing at the range over here with two excursions, four wheel drive low, brand new tires. And the trucks are, er, er, er. we get down to bedrock and it's smoking. My brand new tires that had less than a thousand miles, it had grooved and cut half the tread off my tires. The belts didn't stop functioning. The belts held. Fast forward to maybe five years ago, my friend runs a, um, a repair place. It's a, it's a huge National Guard unit outside of Nashville. And they have M60 battle tanks there. And they hooked, he hooked it to a crane and lifted with two of the belts. He lifted the M60 battle tank off of, not completely off the ground, but the front of the tank about 50% off of the ground with two of those belts. We took our tool bag and we filled it with gravel. And I have uh, number seven gravel, the bigger gravel out here, yep. super smart gravel. It's 38 pounds. We went on the back road back here with about six or seven of us. 
and two guys, one on each handle, and we threw them as high in the air as we could get them, and they would smash the ground. We went six-tenths of a mile before a piece of that gravel finally broke the zipper. The bag was fully still intact. All of our stitching was intact. The zipper failed. We've done that twice. Yeah, we've done. We used to take my, my LBVs, and we would snap link them to a pull-up bar, and you'd have some smart-ass kid come up, young Marines would come up, and they're like, why does this rig cost $200? I go, well, you hang on these two pockets, and you hang on these two pockets. Right. You guys do pull-ups, right? We would do the same thing with my mag pouches. We would give them to a Marine, and I'd go, put your foot in the mag pouch and grab the lid and try to make it fail. They could never make it fail. And that was product that was just theirs for sale, right? It wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't some shit we sewed. It's literally how we build stuff still today. That's all. Yeah, because what made me think of it, the other day I was in there and there was somebody busting your balls on TikTok about why your stuff was expensive. And I, to me, I'm like, well, you're the wrong customer then. Have a nice so that's day. The same, that's the same turd that said uh, it was on the wallet. And he said, I don't, yeah. like how you, I don't like how your label's on the front of the wallet. I think that's, that's cheesy. Well, the label's not on the front no, of the wallet. No, it's not. It's inside, under a window. If you don't like it, put a debit card or a credit card in there. You'll never see the label. But it's, it's that complaining to complain, right? Because it, not, what he said wasn't even correct. No. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, how much? What, what product do you like that we make? And he goes, clearly I've hurt your feelings. I've already spent too much headspace. <laughs> block, block, you will never fucking take any of my fucking brainwave towards you again. It'll, it won't happen. You no, you no longer have any access to anything that is my company's. Yep. I jumped in and, you know, that you guys keep talking for a second. I'll be right back. I, I jumped in because I'm again, you bought, you have a customer or somebody who appreciates your product and they're the ones that are going to do your customer service for you or Raz the, Absolutely. yeah, that, and that's what it is. But yeah, I was, I can't get over. I just, when I, when I opened it up, I took it and just pulled both ends just to see, cause it felt well built. And yeah, I was, you yeah. Might, you might get to, you might have that, that plastic, you might get that clear window to fail. Sure. If you jam your finger into it, it'll definitely misshapen. But you're not you're not going to get that that edge tape and that cordura. It's not going to fail. People just don't make shit like that anymore, John. That's what blows me away. I I didn't realize. I maybe this sounds stupid. I just didn't realize that that quality was even out there anymore. Or, I mean, I knew it kind of was, but it, yeah, I, especially in fabrics or whatever it is that you use. Be, you know, leather. I I expected it, but in that kind of thing, yeah. Oh, yeah, our material. Our material will hold up better than leather will. Like if, if you oh, did abrasion testing, my material will hold up better than leather. If you do stretch and, and uh, tensile strength, I guess that's tensile. I don't know. If you, if you were clamping and pull them, our material will hold up better than leather, depending on the size and weight of leather. I love my belt. But well, I what I love more the tool is the tool pouch. Yeah. Yeah, I've been eyeing up some little of that apron. Stuff. Yeah, look this this uh, this little what is that thing called? Tourniquet fits right in there. It's perfect. Fourth use for it. I keep thinking of way different things. It's like you need a collection of them for different purposes. I put I, I use drywall screws or decking screws to put shit together all the time, right? So I've got screws in there. Um, yeah. I have a J clips for the um, rabbit cage pliers in there. That oh yeah, the hog ring pliers. Um, bits and drivers, right? And different uh, screw uh, nut drivers as well as uh, Phillips drivers and stuff. So 
that's what fits in there. I can put, you know, small hand shovels in there when I'm in the, in the raise in the uh, row house. You can use that thing for all kinds of stuff. Cool. Okay. Well, we're, uh, we're rounding the corner here, I think. Yeah, we've been well over two hours today. <laughs> it's been a we can just day. keep going, man. Oh, I, yeah, I know. I could talk all day. I, I built another deck this weekend, just for the record. Uh, this one was uh, 16 by 31. So it, well, why don't you come out here and we'll sink a bunch of telephone poles and we'll build a stage and a pavilion. Oh, I, I would. Sure. I think, I think John needs one. Yeah, we do need one. We, we're we gonna also put need to level that building. So the building needs to be leveled and then we'll put the pavilion next to that building like where that big huge trailer is we'll put yeah. it over for a stage you've got That'd no rocks great. in your ground right uh, i None. do have rocks but i have a i have a high flow skid steer with augers nice takes care of most of that yeah yeah i i'm pretty lucky here we don't you don't ever hit a rock when you dig it's crazy we have rocks i mean you you drill your lines or whatever and if you hit a big rock, then you move all of your lines over 12 inches. Yeah. Understood. I get it. <laughs> yeah, or or you get you learn how to drill through them. We actually had a backhoe out here and I had run a drain line funny. So it does like one of the, one, one of the Tennessee things where it goes. And then the backhoe was here. And Tactical's like, I wonder if that rock will move. And we were able to move it and straighten that line. It was It was a big moment. Yeah. So everything will move with your proper equipment. Yeah. So every so often we, we've moved some big rocks here this year. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, what do you guys want to say before we wrap up? John, you get to go first today. I do a live feed at nine o'clock on YouTube. Um, if you want to have a conversation, it can be whatever you want. Um, if you like what I say, just wait a few minutes. I'll probably say something you don't like. <laughs> um, we have tons of merchandise and stuff. What really pays the bills is nylon tactical gear. We do all kinds of t-shirts. You usually see Nicole wear them. Jack wears them. Tim's got some of them. Um, we do a shirt almost every single week. Um, and you can find me anywhere. It's SOE tactical gear everywhere. You can find me on any platform. Awesome. I'm going to let Tim wind up. So I'm going to say it's time to get your tickets for SelfReliancefestival.com. That's October 1st and 2nd. Later today, we are launching a pre-Self-Reliance Festival class all about plant communities and planting swales, the, the Bonds, Billy Bond and William Bond, and I think Michelle Bond is going to be here. They're going to teach that Friday before, so that's an add-on, comes with lunch. I just need to run one more thing by, Will, but by Billy before we launch that. So that'll also be at selfrelianceFestival.com. I recommend getting your tickets soon. Get them soon because in the last two weeks, all of a sudden, they're starting to sell faster. And if you think you're coming and haven't gotten your ticket, you better get your ticket. Toolman Tim will be there speaking, as as will a lot of people in the live feed. I saw Billy in the live feed. I saw Tag in the live feed. I saw who else did I see? I saw Fortress Canine was in the live feed. A lot of people who were talking here. You're gonna see. And the cool thing is, we're doing presentations. We're Great doing point. demonstrations, but the best thing is we're doing connections. We've got two people dedicated mm. to helping all of us connect this time. There'll be cards you can fill out that just talk about where you're from and who you want to meet. And they have some sort of plan to try to help people connect because people will come to Camden, Tennessee 
and they'll find themselves right next to somebody. They'll come from three states away and find themselves right next to somebody who lives in their town who they didn't even know was there with shared interests. Interest. And we've seen a lot of communities come out of that. We may even see some self-reliance festival spinoffs in other part of the country, which I think will be awesome. And the other thing is, you know, don't forget to get your coffee at Holler Roast, but get your tickets at selfrelianceFestival.com. Also, um, come into that class before the event. You're going to have maybe 60 to 100 people here as opposed to 1,000. If you want to have one-on-one -on -one connections with these guys in town before they've been out in the sun for two days and before they've talked to 1,000 people, like we hang out here in the building that evening typically, both nights, and there's some great conversations that are had that cannot be had on social media. So it's worth coming, even if you're like, I'm not ever planting swales, I'm not doing plant communities and guilds, it's worth coming, the price of admission, just to have one-on-one -on -one access to these guys before they're somewhat burnt out on Sunday. And, and I can attest as somebody who was never going to install aquaponics, I went to an aquaponics class anyway, and now all the aquaponics grows my food. So it yeah. Happened. Tim, you get to wrap up today. I just thought it'd be fun to let you wrap up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the workshop podcast, that's where you can find me. We live stream every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday evening, seven o'clock mountain time. It's a great community. The telegram group is where it's at. I think we got like 135 people in there. That is the place to go. If you want to be motivated, uh, kick in the ass and have some ideas for building your business. Absolutely. That yeah, I love the people over there. They're as, they're as motivating to me as I am to them. So come by, check that out. And I am launching the Patch of the Month Club, the Tactical Patch or the Morale Patch, whatever you want to call it. It is going to be officially live tomorrow. You'll be able to find it at patchofthemonth.co. Uh, that's going to be my way. Um, it's There's going to be extra goodies behind that afterwards. There's going to be a portal with, you know, access and new content and vendor discounts, that sort of thing. But this is where it's starting. People seem to love them. I know John loves them. And so this was my idea. It seems like a lot of uh, interest in it. So I'm excited. Anyway, it's coming. It's going to be live tomorrow. Uh, that website might actually work now. I shouldn't say that, but I think it does. So anyway, it's another story for another day. <laughs> Don't break the website, everybody. <laughs> Send them email saying there's a typo on page three. <laughs> Anyway, well, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you guys next week. I'm not going to tell you who it is, though. You'll have to wait and find out. <laughs>